we are on the road to Tokyo and it makes perfect sense that we'd find these two gentlemen right here. Silver medalists 2012 in London, gold medalists here. Well, they went one better in, in Rio 2016. They are, of course, Peter Burling, Blair Tuke. Guys, great to see you. Thanks so much for your time today. Yeah, thanks for having us. Good to be here. Listen, 2020, it's uh, thrown <coughs> everybody a massive curveball, hasn't it, with this, this COVID pandemic. But I think what you guys are doing, you're actually making yourselves even busier than possible, even busier than before. What are we looking at in the horizon here? Obviously, defending the 49er title. The America's Cup defence as well here in Auckland. You've got the Charitable Trust Live Ocean that you guys started up. You've also gotten yourselves involved with Sail GP. You're the co-CEOs of the New Zealand entry. What is going on with you guys, Pete? <laughs> well, it's always good to be busy, right? Um, but yeah, it's definitely been an interesting year. You know, I think, uh, you know, looking back on it, um, you know, and thinking of how different it would have been, uh, you know, without COVID and, you know, thinking that the games had already been. But, you know, for us, it was just, you know, about making the most opportunities. Obviously, in the first lockdown, it was really cool to be able to put a bit more time into our passion, um, you know, the Live Ocean, which is uh, the charity where myself founded um, well, almost a year ago now. So that's been, you know, incredibly exciting. But, you know, also we've, you know, had, you know, the America's Cup to keep pushing on with. Um, you know, pretty exciting to announce a yeah, sale GP and you know, also we've got a, a lot of America's Cup and you know, a pretty um, important uh, race coming up in that soon as well. So yeah, pretty exciting time. Blair, we'll talk about all of that in the course of the next half hour or so. But first of all, COVID-19, <coughs> the, the postponement of the Olympics. What was your initial reaction to that? Obviously you're hearing whispers and murmurs, but when it finally happened that the postponement was, was upon us, how do you react to that? Yeah, I think at that stage, once the the postponement happened and then it got rescheduled a few weeks later, it was relief really, and it was just good to have that clarity. Relief. Well, at that stage, it was you know the writing was on the wall from a few weeks before that it you know wasn't going to happen. So I think more relief in the fact that they didn't cancel it. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, well, there's so many people with so much hard work into it that you know it just would have been such a shame for all that work to go to waste and them to cancel it. So for them to give clarity and everyone something to aim at was. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Cool. But before before that happened, we were, we would get it right up for it. You know, we just won the two world champs, one here in Auckland and one in Melbourne. So we were we were confident we had good plans sort of leading into Tokyo. Uh, but you know, once it, once it sort of started happening and unfolding, you know, we came to the realization that we might have to you know prepare for another year. Which you know that's um, excitement. We're still you know charging and just actually been sailing the last couple of weeks in the 49ers it's been pretty cool what were those conversations like between you two when you know that it's postponed <coughs> you've got to go another year you know how busy 2021 is going to be for you what did you discuss did you say yeah we can push on with it or no we might not be able to yeah well, i think there was you know never really that much of a discussion whether we wanted to push on with it or not you know um when you enter into one of these campaigns it's a massive undertaking so you know you put in so much hard work and you know, put in a lot of hard work over the last couple of years to get ourselves to a level where we're kind of good to compete and we felt like we're in a really good spot but you know then it was kind of more around you know going back through all the planning and actually figuring out you know how to <coughs> change the plans reshuffle the calendar and you know make it work and you know I think it's uh, still an incredibly interesting time you know everyone <coughs> talks about you know what does next year look like and you know none of us really know like our next event the 49er might be in Tokyo so it's um you know, something that we're not quite into the detail of it, but um, you know, just making sure we tick all the little boxes we can right now. And you know, we're pretty lucky we've got a, another big event coming up to just put ourselves under pressure and actually be competing. Because I know that's something that um, you know, a lot of the other athletes are you know really missing at the moment, actually not being able to compete. You would have had a, a cycle, right? Yeah, a training cycle in readiness 
for Tokyo 2020. So how disruptive was that? You're obviously trying to peak for the event, then all of a sudden it's taken away from you and you've got to almost rebuild again. What was that like, Blair? Yeah, it was, and as Pete just mentioned, it was about sort of recalibrating, re refocusing. Uh, we are lucky that we've got the America's Cup to keep pushing on with our sailing skills. For us, obviously, we've had 10 years in the 49er, so it's not like we could have just spent a whole winter in New Zealand sort of smashing out days. That wouldn't have been that productive for us. So it was about just planning and seeing, you know, out the back of the you know cup time the busy period in march how we then you know really hit those last those last four months and and to be honest the few weeks training we've just had now has been a really bit beneficial for us and we've stepped forward in some areas we wanted to uh, post the world champs we had in geelong so yeah i mean you refocus right like i said earlier we were we were geared up for a, a big few months we were pretty happy with how our schedule was looking into tokyo tokyo this year and and um and, and amped to try and win another gold medal for our country, but we're still just as, if not more so, for, for July next year. Good to hear. What's it like when you finally get back in the boat? Is it kind of like riding a bicycle and you never forget? Or <laughs> are there times there where you're like, you're used to the, the big boat and the America's Cup, and then you finally get back in this tiny <coughs> little thing, and you've got to relearn how to do it all over again? Intuition's missing a little <laughs> bit between us, but yeah, it's fun. I mean, it's pretty, uh, just to get, you know, that's the boat we've sailed so, you know, the most hours out of anyone you know, or anything we've sailed. So we, yeah, we love it and uh, it's pretty yeah, refreshing, but it takes a bit to get back to that level, especially when you've stepped out of, you know, world championship sort of level, getting back into it six months later takes a bit. Yeah, I think it's cool just to be sailing a small boat, you know, and definitely reminds you, gives you that you know, passion of why you do it. You know, like it's pretty, I think we're pretty lucky in NZ. We've got a really good fleet of, um, you know, 49ers that we sail. So, you know, we've had, you know, four boats that are, <coughs> you know, right up there in the world, um, you know, being able to just jerk it out at home is you know, something that's pretty pretty fun. When it comes to the competition at Tokyo next year, <coughs> do you think you've got the field covered? <laughs> yeah, well, well, when, you know, like people would have stepped forward, no doubt, from from uh, Geelong and the world champs we had here in Auckland. But yeah, we're, we're really, um, you know, we'll be confident if we get back to the level we know we can, step forward even further, because there are still things, you know, we're improving all the time. Um, that will be in, in shape to put down a good performance, and that's all you can do, right? You can only yeah. you can only ever do the best that you can do, and um, you know, hopefully that's enough to get another gold medal. When you say you're improving all the time, uh, compare yourselves to the youngsters in London, 2012. <laughs> How far have you come? You more grey hairs. <laughs> oh, you're doing all right, aren't you? Maybe a couple around the side. No, I can't even see one on Pete's head. <laughs> oh, well, it's, yeah, it's always interesting to look back at. Um, you know the early days of campaigning and you know for myself yeah one well, of my first games was you know in 2008 and when i got about i think we got 11th in the 470 and you know you look back then and you're like far out you know but i think you know everyone improves everyone gets better and better in our sport so if you're not kind of pushing yourself to get better someone else will pass you so it's kind of <clears throat> you know always the bars just getting slowly raised and raised by you know how the effort people are putting in and the detail people are going to in their campaigns so you know it's just trying to make sure you stay ahead of that curve and make sure you um, can always put your, your best foot forward when it you know, comes to competing. You, um, you won the test event didn't you back in 2019 so that's the venue that's going to be used for next year's games. <coughs> you love it, you loathe it, you, you put up with it, like what, what, <laughs> what, are you, what are you expecting from that venue next year? That's a really cool place to sail so yeah. it's a um, uh, fishing village uh, called Inoshima sort of an hour south of Tokyo uh, it's yeah, it's neat. It's a venue that offers uh, pretty challenging conditions. It's quite uh, open to the the ocean sort of swell. 
So yeah, quite often you get quite big waves. Um, the breeze can either be sort of onshore wind or it can actually come off, off the land as well. So yeah, we've, we've loved the sailing we've done there. I think we've three trips now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. And um, quite familiar with it. Yeah, and, we'll, and like Pete <coughs> said earlier, we'll see if it's you know any more next year if we're just in for the main event. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's all about um, just putting your best performance down when it, when it counts, right? So. Absolutely. Well, I wouldn't know, actually. <laughs> I, this may surprise you and, and everybody out there, but I've never been to the Olympics. I don't know yeah. what my sport would be. Uh, maybe uh, is sumo wrestling in the Olympics? I'm not sure. Probably not. In Japan, maybe. Yeah, yeah. possibly. That could be one. Yeah. one <laughs> what do they call it? The um, uh, the, the, the events that aren't yeah, quite yeah. ratified. The, yeah. Come on, guys. You've um, been there. You know what I'm yeah, talking yeah. about. Showcase kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. What's it called? Yeah, yeah, probably yeah, need to put on a little, no. little more weight, though. Hey, uh, so <laughs> Get yeah, a bit rounder. <laughs> <laughs> if I can. Uh, yeah. um, yeah, good. <laughs> so 2021, obviously the defence of the 49er title at the Games. Three months earlier. Don't call it a defence. Don't call it a defence? No. Nah, so it. it's not yours to lose? No. Trump. It's just vacant. Win, win another one. Win another one. All right. I like it. Yeah. Anyway, you'll be trying to win another one mid-year, three months earlier, America's Cup. How does the schedule work for you guys? Like, is it, is it not too much? Um, yeah, well, I think we've always enjoyed being busy, and we've always enjoyed, you know, quite a lot of variety in our sailing. And you know, it's something that you know, when you look back at our first campaign in you know, 2012, um, you know, the amount of volume of sailing we had to do was you know incredibly high. And now it's kind of you're always looking to make gains in other areas, and you know, really push your skills and push you know how you can sail through. Um, you know, learning in different ways and for us being able to sail in other boats like the America's Cup boat, um, you know, also even the ocean race, it was kind of, you know, all, all add to your skill set and I think make you a, a better sailor. So it's um, more yeah, well-rounded, isn't it? Yeah, definitely mm, yeah. more well-rounded. It's always hard to like pinpoint exactly the thing that makes it you better, but, you know, I think you're definitely more well-rounded. So, you know, when you have to, you know, overcome an issue or, you know, make a decision slightly better than someone else, you've got the, the skill set to kind of do that. So, you know, for us, you know, there, there is a part to it that actually competing, um, you know, in a really high level competition just before it and, you know, seeing ourselves under pressure is, you know, I think really beneficial in some ways. But, you know, obviously it's in a different boat. So there's, you know, you have to balance it out with, you know, doing enough training and enough work in the 49er to make sure you're on the pace. And, you know, that's what I think I didn't mention before. But, you know, we're so lucky we've got some other great Kiwis and, you know, great coach, uh, you know, Hamish Wilcox and great guy, Dave Slyfield, um, who does a lot of planning and helps us with the, you know, a lot of bits and pieces. So, you know, we've got a great team around us to, you know, make sure we don't leave any stone unturned and, you know, really put ourselves in a position where we can put our best foot forward going to Tokyo. One of the things I was thinking about with America's Cup next year being in Auckland, tourists. You know, it's one of those tourist traps. People want to come here and see the racing. Unfortunately, at the moment, the way travel restrictions are enforced, mm. we're not yeah. going to have those, those people watching. How do you feel about that? Yeah, it's a real shame, obviously, when we won the cup and you know that was one of the the things you knew, you know hopefully that this was going to bring a lot to the country but yeah. i think the way we still look at it is you know hopefully it's good for new zealanders and you know the, the country can get behind it and um you know even if people aren't coming from overseas it can still be a really positive thing for and it will be for the country so you know that that will be good and you know for us obviously we're just concentrating on trying to make sure the boat's getting as fast as it, it can beforehand um but yeah we're, we're excited so it's gonna be an awesome summer mm, it will be and that's March, April, Sail GP. What is this, the third season? Technically the, the second, though, yeah, because second, this yeah. year was wiped out. You guys are co-CEOs of the New Zealand entry. 
how did all this come about? Yeah, well, I think it's something, you know, we've always been interested in kind of watch from the sidelines with SLGP on the launch. And, you know, it's, it's a slightly unique kind of sporting proposition in, in our sport where you kind of race, you know, really cool boats at a really high level and some pretty cool venues in the world. And, you know, I think it's a really cool showcase of our sport and you know the opportunity came up for you know Blair and myself to get involved and take on the New Zealand team in the league and you know we thought it would um you know although it kind of is quite busy in the calendar and that, that first kind of little period um you know we really wanted to take up that opportunity and you know it's more a, a long-term kind of venture for us you know we're in it for about um five years so it's um right. or at this stage so it's um yeah it's something that you know we see it being a you know, really cool thing to help grow the sport and um you know and complementing other sailing we're doing quite well so you know we might have to miss one of the the early events it's kind of always hard to tell in the planning you know whether you have to quarantine in and out of places and how the um calendar actually looks next year mm -hmm. you know it's a pretty hard thing to, to predict but you know for us that definitely the focus you know is you know 100 on trying to win a gold medal for new zealand and you know trying to make sure that with those first couple of slgp events they you know are really beneficial to that cause but you know and then it's kind of focus on that um you know, for the rest of the season and in what capacity so obviously co-ceos but you will actually be getting your hands dirty or wet you'll be on the yeah. boat yeah so we're sort of um leading the team from the front so building it you know getting people involved and that's all sort of happening now but the yeah, the racing, like uh, Pete sort of said, starts in April, but we'll just see how those first few events go, exactly how much sailing we do. So, yeah, um, Pete's going to we'll skip the boat, I'll do the flight control, and, um, yeah, but we'll, we'll just see exactly exactly how that shapes up, but, uh, you know, full focus on, on Tokyo and um, being the best prepared we can going into that. How big of a draw card was Sir Russell Coots, who's obviously heading up Sail GP? Yeah, I think it's, you know, pretty cool seeing what he's done with... Um you know, in his pathway, but it's something that, you know, I think he's just trying to do a good thing for the sport, you know, it's uh, really cool to see the level, you know, they're taking the television to, you know, the level, you know, they're really trying to make our sport probably understandable, you know, bring it close in and, you know, it's something that, you know, is quite similar to what's happening with the Cup at the moment, you know, where they're also pushing the, the television incredibly hard and trying to bring the, the racing in so, you know, people can watch it, but, you know, I think it's... Um, you know, always something we really struggle with with our sport is, you know, actually being able to showcase what we are doing out there. Generally, you know, people are watching from the beach and, you know, there's some boats sailing around the horizon and no one can really tell what's going on. But, you know, for, you know, to actually have good commentators, good graphics, you know, be able to describe and understand what's going on is, you know, pretty cool to be able to grow the sport of sailing. I want to talk about live ocean now because, look, I, I guess a lot of people, they, they spend time in or on the water, but they don't actually think about the restoration of the oceans, they don't think about ocean health at all. Why is it so important to you guys to have created this charitable trust in the first place, Blair? Yeah, it's something that obviously we've had a passion for the ocean um, since we were both young. We do a sport now which um, lets us be on the ocean a lot. But a couple of years ago, we sort of, between us, just weren't happy in the direction that the ocean was, was going. Um, you know, science was telling us it was getting towards a tipping point and we wanted to sort of use what we're doing in sport to try and um, have greater change into and you know the science was saying you need to do it now so it sort of culminated in us uh, founding live ocean so it's a marine conservation charity that amplifies and accelerates uh, ocean action in new zealand so we really want new zealand to lead the sort of issues around ocean health to the world um, so yeah we've been going almost a year now and we've had got behind a couple of good projects but um, plenty more work to do how bad is it out there? You guys would have seen a lot. You know, like what, what are we actually, 
experiencing out there? Well, it's kind of interesting. It's, um, I think a lot of for us is what you don't see as well. Um, you know, both of us got back from sailing the ocean race, which is kind of a lap around the globe. And, you know, you talk to people that did it 30, 40 years ago and the amount of albatross you'd see through the Southern Ocean, the amount of whales, you know, you know fish um, and life out there was, you know, pretty immense. And you're like, we sailed the whole way around the world and well, I don't know, we spent a hundred days all on the water and you saw like, you can count the number of whales you saw on one hand, you know, the amount of albatross through the South Pacific was, you know, pretty bad. And, <clears throat> you know, we kind of also got that sense of like, you know, the globe's actually pretty small. You, you were a leg down to New Zealand, you're up in Hong Kong, sailing down to New Zealand, and you know, we took about just under 20 days, but you know, half the time you're sailing the wrong direction in a pretty small boat. So it's kind of, you know, really made that kind of, the oceans feel a lot smaller than they were. And then, you know, the more we dived into it, the more we felt like we didn't actually have a choice. You know, we kind of had to, <clears throat> you couldn't do the standard thing and wait till your new career because it kind of is shifting that quick. and. Yeah, you know, something in New Zealand. We've got the fourth largest ocean in the world, and we've got a real opportunity to actually be better than we are, and you know, be a massive part of the, the change the world needs to see in this space because it's uh, probably the seventy percent of the globe that doesn't get looked after, you know, anywhere near as well as it should be. So, you now it's something that we've got a real passion for. It now, you know, it's um, even when you start talking stats, like the amount the ocean has to do with the climate um, conversation, you know the amount of marine protection areas we have in New Zealand. Right now we've got 0.4% of our oceans uh, marine protected. You know, right, we should have 10% this year and the target globally is 30%. So you know, we just lag behind uh, massively in so many areas. So that's mm. you know, something we're really, uh, I suppose, are passionate Kiwis. You know, we love competing for our country, but you know, we really want to see us look after you know, certain aspects of it a little bit better. Yeah, what you're describing is, is actually really sad isn't it? Uh, how far we've fallen in such a short space of time. So in order to turn things around, in order to improve the ocean health and to look after things a lot better, how do we educate people? How do we do it, Blair? Yeah, it's, it's around the understanding. Like I, th I think a lot of it is that people don't know, you know, people don't, you, it's harder to see what's going on under the ocean, you know, it's in, on land and, and land conservation in New Zealand is pretty good. You know, Pete's stat before about 0.4% of the ocean that's protected on the land it's up to you know 30 percent so there's a real difference between land and ocean so it's about trying to bring people underneath get them to care uh, you know we need there's there's a lot of issues that the ocean faces from climate change to fishing to sedimentation runoff um, plastics obviously and it's just understanding how what we do on land affects the ocean and and you know once we start to get people to care then you can start to you know create change I think. and how much buy-in have you had in the last year that live ocean's been up and running yeah. from from other sailors from new zealanders yeah i think we've had a massive amount of buy-in for you know people really wanting to see change um you know and it's something that you know change in the ocean space is actually quite a hard thing to come by so it is about you know celebrating those small wins and you know we really encourage anyone that's passionate about the ocean to you know check us out on um on the, the website liveocean.com or follow us on instagram uh at it's live ocean so you know there's and get other people that are passionate about to follow it as well mm. like it's it's really like Blair said you know a movement of you know people wanting to make change is what's going to really make the difference and you know without people you know being passionate about it you know so many of us live within 5k's of the coast so many of us go to the beach and have a swim and yeah. you know really have mm. fond memories connected to that and you know that's what we want to be able to enjoy um, you know, in the future I must say it, like it's admirable what you guys are doing given how busy you are you know, you could easily just say, look, we've got this event, that event, and the other one coming up. Let's wait until the end of our career and then try and do something. But by then, it might be too, too late. late. Yeah. 
too late. And I think we've both understands that we're going to hopefully get the best cut through as well if we do it. You know, although it is busy, do it at the um, you know the height of our careers. So um, yeah, we've got to keep moving. You know, it is at a tipping point, so we've got to um, try and reverse it. Yeah. Good luck with that, guys. Thanks. All the best. Look, I, I want to dig a little bit deeper into who you guys are now, right? Because I think everybody knows Blair and Pete, champion sailors, wonderful on the water, turn their hand to you know, getting a dinghy and, and winning that, getting a bloody rowboat and winning that. <laughs> but who are you? Like, what makes you tick? <clears throat> who, who, who am I talking to right now? Blair, can you sum up Pete? Like, away from the water and away from work, <laughs> who is this guy? Oh, he's pretty well pretty well the same i think you know that you know i think it hopefully comes across in what we do we're ambitious in what we what we set out uh, we're always striving to be better uh you know you don't want to just keep going on the same old you can always improve you got to have respect for what people have done and what you've done in the past we always got to try and try and do it better more efficient way so yeah i think we're both pretty driven and uh, you know i like to also enjoy the journey it's uh you know it's pretty cool what we're what we're doing and i think that's an important part of it what does he do in his spare time gets back out on the ocean you know <laughs> <laughs> no whether it's but sadly i do the same like it's um no i think it's good not sadly, good yeah everyone always laughs though and you, know, you spend your whole life out sailing and you go for a surf in your free time you know yeah but, Ah, it's good. Yeah, we love you know, surfing or getting below the ocean, even a bit of free diving and you know, right. spearfishing, that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's, yeah. What about, about how you guys came together? How, how we became Chook and Burling, Burling and Chook? You didn't come out of the womb together. You, you were sort of stuck together or you found each other. <laughs> how did that all go down, Blair? <clears throat> yeah, so... Pete grew up in Tauranga, I was up north in, in Kirikiri, so we raced against each other a bit when sort of from maybe 14 or 15 onwards or something, and for a few years, and then, uh, yeah, I think it was after Pete returned from the uh, Beijing Olympics, we sailed someone else in the 470 that we teamed up in the 49, I said, let's try it out and see how it goes for a few months, and then if it's going good, let's, uh, you know, go for, go for London, so, yeah, that was what end of 2008 so 11 12 years ago wow and did you guys both have other options available i i kind of liken it to tinder right (laughs) you know you've got all these people you've made matches with and you might be talking to a few people but then all of a sudden someone just comes out of the blue and takes (laughs) your breath away is that what blair was for you and and who were the other people that you left by the wayside pete well i was sailing with someone else at the time but yeah it's um yeah there's plenty of people you can sail with but uh, i think it was something that yeah, you know, I don't think that many people like New Zealand when we started sailing together hadn't competed in the 49ers since 2000, so it's kind of a bit of a challenge to take it on. And you know, I think it's something that Blair would kind of shared the same ambition to you know really take it on and give everything into it. So that was um, yeah, probably a good call in hindsight. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think so too. I'm pretty sure yeah, yeah. all of New Zealand agrees. Uh, do, yeah. Can you remember some of the people who just didn't quite make the grade? No, like some of the people we were sailing with then. Uh, you know, some of them are now. Oh, so you don't want to name check them? No. no, no like, <laughs> It'd be a bit awkward. <laughs> no, n- n- not necessarily sailing with them, but you know, competing against and stuff. Um, Andy Maloney, Sam Meach, uh, Jay Saunders, yeah, yeah, yeah. Josh, Josh Junior. We're all Paulson Hanson, all the guys, guys that uh, you know we're in the Olympic teams with America's Cup. Now we were all sort of racing against each other, you know, sailing with some of them um, different times during the early youth sort of times. 
in all seriousness, do you do you look at a, a, a couple of guys like Eric Murray and Hamish Bond and look up to them and, and idolise them for, for what they achieved as a pair? Well, I think it's pretty cool just to they show it's possible, you know. It's um, and I think they, you know, trying to do similar thing to us. Yeah, you know, where you just you set a goal and you yeah. give everything you can to do it, and you try and be the best you can. Like it's um. Simple yeah. thing at the end of the day. Yeah, anyone that pushes themselves hard like that, and yeah, you've got the gold medal that you're going for, but you know, and how they did it, and you know, it wasn't just the gold medal, it was about just trying to be the best that they could be, and that's you know, that's all we sort of um, set ourselves as well because you can't, you know, you can't control your competitors and stuff, but you can certainly control what, what you can and being the best, best as a team, and that's uh, yeah, it's, it's admirable. admirable. How is that word? This is the time you drop in those. Um, we know what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just kind of before anyway. It's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we'll keep rolling. Keep rolling. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, um, out of the two of you, who's more likely to go off and pedal a bicycle, and who would let themselves go? Pete's probably more the biker since you're a kid, but bring it back to um, Bermuda in 2017. I probably would have been me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> training before Bermuda in 2017, I hadn't ridden for about, I don't know, six months, and all these guys have been training to, you know, be cyclists and whatever. Yeah. And then we ended up taking on a ride to the Coromandel from Auckland. Oh, it's the smartest thing to do. Yeah, yeah. And no. hadn't been on a bike How for about that? six months. It's two, like two hours in a car. Yeah, 200k, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, I was suffering at the end of it, to be fair. Yeah, great. Well, if you're suffering, then I would have died. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what does the future hold for you two? Because. Look, you've been together for 12 years. Do you see yourselves through your entire professional <coughs> career being together? Or is there a chance, like the Volvo Ocean race, that you might split <coughs> permanently? Uh, I think, well, you know, um, you know, it's been pretty successful for us now and, you know, still enjoy, you know, working together to keep trying to improve and be the best, best that we can. So there's plenty that we want to do still in, in sailing. Obviously tying that in with what, what we want to do um, with Live Ocean and, you know, Sort of bringing that together to you know have a really shift the needle on ocean health so you know there's, there's still plenty more we want to do so we'll keep charging nice good to hear plenty more medals to be won <laughs> what's pete's house like pete's house i haven't been there for a bit but yeah pretty good tidyish tidy is that how you describe <laughs> it that's it i saw a couple of pictures it's it's quite impressive not go that far uh, no yeah. <laughs> oh, same same you know same same yeah. I'll, I'll tell you a wee story. Um, nine years ago, I bought my first house and it cost 400000 Bit of a do-up. Nice. How much did yours cost? Oh, I was in the paper. You can look yeah. it up. <laughs> <laughs> I was in my proudest day, you know. You yeah. go to an auction out of lockdown and then... Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, jeepers. This is the unfortunate thing for you guys because you're so well-known. You can't fart without someone reporting it. Yeah, yeah. What's yeah, that media, like? Media, mate. Yeah, I know. I follow you everywhere. Yeah, we <laughs> are a pack of pricks, aren't we? Absolute <laughs> wankers. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty crappy time for Pete, right? Buys his first house and should be a time to enjoy it with friends and family and then you get in the paper, so yeah. that's all part of it. Mate, I, um, I used to do a show on, on another network um, that was all about Alternate. home renovation. So I was kind of like... You got a, some tips. Mate, if you want, I can come around and do some <coughs> landscaping for you. You do any... Um, <laughs> Yeah, good, are you? I'm one good of price. the best landscapers you'll ever see. And I'm very cheap. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, oh, what, I mean, what do, what do you need done? Uh, maybe a bit of hedge trimming, you know, <laughs> you can um, do the lawn, that yeah. kind of thing. 
I'll bring, my name jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll bring over the mass sport mower. You're real. Black and Deck uh, uh, trimmer, oh, line nice. trimmer. So yeah, I'll, I'm happy. Do you to clean up after yourself with one of those of like, vacuum kind of? Of course. I've got like Just a um, blower onto the neighbours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> onto the street. Yeah. That, I probably shouldn't do that. Um, I've got like a drop sheet, so when I'm trimming the Eugenia out the back, you know, it all falls into there. Pack it up nice and neat into the into the green recycle. Yeah, he's yeah. professional. Oh, yeah. You recycle the trees, do you? <laughs> no, green waste, not green recycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just some of the Put glass. Put it the glass yeah. and yeah. plastic. Yeah, waste waste disposal places. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I won't hold you guys up for too much longer. First of all, we're doing this thing called the Quickfire 7. Don't know how we came up with the number 7. I was thinking right. maybe Quickfire 5. <coughs> Fire 5, sort of like a Seven's bit good. of alliteration. That's number, 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 Pistol, Pistol's got that on his uh, helmet. Yeah. All right. Don't know why, but anyway. <laughs> Let's begin the Quickfire 7. How does it, it work? Are you going I, to I, ask, I ask questions and you go one after the other. All right. And if, if they're interesting answers, then we might just discuss it a little bit. Yeah, okay. okay. First question. The Olympic rings tattoo, yay or nay? Do we have it or would we get it? Do you have it, would you get it? It's kind of the same, one and the same. No, probably no. Not, not, not a definite no, but not, yeah. Right. For me. You'd need convincing. Yeah. What about you, Peter? No. No, no. Absolutely not. Yeah, no, no, no tattoos. You're just... Am I offending you right now with my skin? Yeah, yeah. I, I, no. Yeah, I no tattoos. I it under the table here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's personal preference. Yeah, 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 for myself, I feel like I'd wake up and be like, <laughs> Don't you do that? No. <laughs> I do actually, my, what in the hell happened to what me? What happened there? Yeah, geez, that yeah. was a crazy night. Hangover four. Right. As long as you've got a good story, what's your story behind you? Oh, it's all about my family. So, oh, epic. Um, yeah, I don't want to divulge too much information. I mean, we're talking about these guys, not me, but um, father passed away very early. And so the top part of my arm is dedicated to him, and my mother sort of looked after me and my family without him. So, yeah, cool. Yeah, oh, that's, that's, cool. that's what it's all about. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I do have the Olympic rings tattooed on my back. Did nice. you go? No. <laughs> I'm going to have it removed by laser. <laughs> do you actually? I'm not. No, of course not. <laughs> Why would I do that? <laughs> good, eh? Just, yeah. You've got these amazing ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And as I get fatter, they the, the rings warp. Yeah. Like they're, they're sort of like eggs now. Yeah. Anyway, this is supposed to be the quick fire seven. It's anything yeah. but. Um, pick one. America's Cup or Olympics? Oh, both good. Olympics. You can't pick one, surely. Yeah. They're both so different. Man. Okay, all right. In a 100 metre race, who would win? Peter or Blair? We're, we're on feet, not on a bike. So we'll probably tell it. Touch rugby in the morning. Yeah, right? yeah. Big game. Big game. I can, yeah, I have him. Don't you got him? Hand me out. No. Blair <laughs> <laughs> will be injured at about the 50 metre mark. <laughs> so you're a, you're a sprinter. You're more of a middle distance man. <laughs> yeah, probably just not that great at running. <laughs> yeah. More on the bike. Yeah, his bike. What are your proudest achievements? Oh, anytime representing our country, I think. Olympic Games, America's Cup, nah, yeah, carrying obviously the, the flag into the opening ceremony in Rio was uh, probably right up there for us. Blair's just listed half of the sporting ones, but geez. no, I think yeah, <laughs> definitely winning a gold medal for the country is yeah, obviously pretty proud. Um, well, first medal as well, which was a uh, hundredth medal for for our country, which was yeah pretty cool. Yeah, I think um and yeah starting a ocean conservation charity and being mm. um putting yourself out there a bit, you know, for something you're passionate about, you know, been a pretty proud moment as well. Yeah. If you could win a medal or, or gold in any other Olympic sport, which one would it be? 
I mean, you can still go in the water, Olympic I suppose. Sport. Surfing. Surfing. <coughs> Watch out, Billy Stearman. Blue <laughs> Tooks coming for you. Mile away, mate. <laughs> <laughs> As you said, like, dream, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Surely you'd have to go sprint, wouldn't you? 100 metre sprint. <laughs> so he's beating you in a race to yeah. qualify for the final. Yeah. What about, can we go Winter <coughs> Olympics? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Some of that freestyle stuff's pretty cool. Pretty miles away from it. So you right, want like to, skiing you know? and shooting as well. Oh, yeah. 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 That's one of the hardest sports, though, because you have full heart rate straight into. Um, and then you're shooting. panting like crazy trying yeah. to line up the shot. Mm. Not that I'd know anything about that. You never tried. Could be good, though. Any code? What is your favourite sports team? Uh, super rugby. I grew up in Terrence, so Chiefs, but yeah. Blair's a doesn't support his home team in Super yeah, Rugby, I'm you know. But proud Hurricane supporter. Oh, yeah. Have been for 20 years or something. <coughs> so, was probably the team we get behind the most. was yeah. a tough season to support the Chiefs, though, to be fair. <laughs> you know, we're still charging on at the end. But <laughs> what were they, 0-8? Yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't our best run. Yeah. But, yeah, you just got to keep supporting them, don't you? It's like supporting the Warriors. You just got to yeah. keep supporting. Yeah, yeah. You're a Warriors supporter, aren't you? Yeah, well, yeah. Warriors, good. Any game at Mount Smart's always good fun. So, like getting out there when we can. You'll be looking forward to next year. Their pack's looking fantastic yeah. on paper, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. Yeah. So, then you get, yeah, hopefully we can get stuck in that. Well, we're probably going to be April, yeah, we're pretty well away. We Might be away. looking at yeah. 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 games through Maybe the Maybe we'll be uh, back for the, come back for the uh, finals September time, you know. Fingers crossed. Straight back into that. And just lastly, in the quickfire seven, which was anything but quick, yeah. <laughs> Blair's mullet, yay or nay? Yeah, yay. Good. Yeah. It looks good so Aerodynamic. good, mate. It looks so good. Yeah. Seeing you in person and with the locks flying out the back, <laughs> it's so much better than watching it on TV. He just needs to commit to it a bit harder and get rid of a bit of the top. You know, yeah. So it's like a number two or something yeah, up that's there. What, you, you know, you might be regretting that some stage when it's looking around <laughs> in your face. <laughs> <laughs> Lads, it's been so good to chat to you. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed us. part of it with me but uh, all the very best for what's going to be an extremely busy year we hope you bring back the gold don't defend the 49er title just win another one yeah. Blair Chuk, Peter Burling thanks for your time thanks for having us thanks mate legend